You're listening to the Water Prairie Chronicles, a podcast that supports parents of children with disabilities by sharing the stories of individuals who have grown up with disabilities and the organizations available to help parents along the way. Stay connected with us by clicking the subscribe button and leave us a comment if you want to join in on the conversation. This episode of the Water Prairie Chronicles is a celebration of the first half of the first season of the podcast. We thought it would be fun to look back at what we've learned from the guests we've met and give you an overview of the different topics we've been able to bring to you through the interviews on the podcast. If you've missed an episode or two, be sure to go back and listen to the interview. We've met some people that are pretty special, and we know that you'll enjoy hearing their stories. Help us help others find the podcast by leaving a review or a comment on the platform that you're listening to this, and be sure to share it with your friends. Now let's start by looking back at the first episode of the Water Prairie Chronicles, where Steve and I tell you what we're trying to do with the podcast. It's a little rough because we're just getting started and learning how to work out the sound and everything else. But in this clip, we explain what Water Prairie means to us. What what exactly is Water Prairie and how is that going to address that? All right, so Water Prairie kind of created it because we want to provide some inspiring life stories. And um, so we've pulled together a collection of people that'll come in and do some interviews with us. And we're starting in-house first, so to speak. I'll tell you a little, little bit about that in just a minute. But, um, but the interviews will be individuals that have disabilities who have grown through the adjustments that they've needed. And they're gonna tell their stories about what it was like being a young child as a way of helping to instruct parents on how to make some decisions for their own child. When we first started, our daughter was visually impaired and we knew nothing about that. And so it helped through the years for us to meet people who were adults with low vision, or um, there was one point where we were able to go to a conference and during the lunch break, they brought in teenagers who could talk about those tough teen years <laughs> and having low vision. <laughs> and it showed us some goals we wanted to set for our child, but also some that we wanted to try to help steer her away from. So, um, so it helped us a lot. We wanna to try to provide that to you virtually through a podcast that you can listen to or the YouTube channel that we also have connected with us where you can watch and see the, the faces of the people that are being interviewed. So we also, in addition to the individuals that'll be coming on, we're also inviting some different organizations to come in that can tell us about what they can provide in the community for people around the country. And um, we want that to be a support for the families. And um, so we wanna be able to help answer the question of where do you start? Our second episode and the first interview was with our daughter, Emily. Emily is a great encourager and she gave some great advice to parents, teachers, and to kids. This clip from her interview is a sample of what you'll hear when you listen to her story in episodes 2A and 2B. If you have a visible disability, people are going to notice, obviously, but I wouldn't, I wouldn't take it as, as an offense, if people point it out to you, I would take it as, I personally take it as an opportunity to explain the nature of my disability and, and, and say, yeah, I can't see well a lot of the times, but I'm still doing X, Y, Z things. I'm still in college. I'm, I'm on track to graduate. Um, I'm still doing, I, I do go, I play a bunch of sports or I did in high school. I did a lot of different clubs. I have all these friends. So and some people are going to be mean, <laughs> but that's, that's the same way for everybody. Um, but I would just, I would just take it with a grain of salt and, and find the people who are going to support you and be nice to you. For our third episode, we had Olivia Wilkerson on and we learned about Lieber's congenital amaurosis. It's a rare eye condition that's genetic and causes blindness. 
Olivia hasn't let a visual impairment stop her, though, and my favorite story that she shared about was her most recent trip to space camp. Here's a clip from that story. Or on the shuttle. But for a previous mission, I was in mission control and my job was to communicate with those on the shuttle. So I was, you know, telling them, okay, uh, you know, fire your engines, you know, do this checklist, you know, making sure everything was um, going how it was supposed to. And so they, I mean, it's totally incredible and it's really fun. Well, wow, yeah. I, 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 I didn't realize that it was that, that elaborate at the end. So that, that, that oh, does yeah. sound like a lot of fun. Yeah, because um, there's like a, a person in each of the areas and they'll kind of go up to you. So like if I was over at a control panel, she may go up to the other person who was working in there and be like, you are now, you know, uh, getting electrocuted or you know, <laughs> having a heart attack. <laughs> and I would turn around and, you know, my crewmate would be doing this, this thing and I had to to communicate with mission control and, you know, figure out what was wrong and everything. Our son Christopher joined us for episodes four and five to talk about being a sibling of a child with a disability and his later diagnoses of dysgraphia, ADHD, and narcolepsy. During episode four, he recalled his part in how Water Prairie got its name. Yes, Christopher is to thank for the name Water Prairie. And we call them Christopherisms in my family. So our most popular one, which is now the title of this, is Water Prairie. A lot of people might know the term, if you drive a lot, hydroplaning. And whenever I was younger, I was at a pool party and I was briskly walking and one of my foot, not one of my foot, my, uh, my foot slid out from me because it was a wet pool top, so there's no traction. So one foot slid out and I like, I probably banged up my knee or my elbow or something. But whenever I was asked, like whenever I was asked by uh, my mother, what happened? Um, I told her, um, I was walking on the deck and I water prairied. You're like, what? Like, I water prairied. Like, that thing you told me about in the car, I water prairied. You mean, it took you like 30 seconds and I could see the, <laughs> I could see the lights turning on. I'm like, oh, you mean hydroplaning, but I, I mean, I was, I was, how old would you say? Like nine, you were, you were in elementary school. Yeah. I was pretty young. So like hydro water. Yeah. Pretty close. Plain prairie. Yeah. Pretty similar. <laughs> <laughs> so, and then, Hey, we were thinking about a name and you're like, well, Hey, we need something original. And in episode six, Frankie Caputo, the creator of the dancing eyes podcast joined us. He talked about having congenital nystagmus and what he's doing through his podcast to learn more about it. He shared a fun story about trying to take school pictures when he was a kid and having a photographer who didn't really understand his eye condition. Listen to that here. I'd be taking school photos and they would say, look at the camera. Oh. And I'm always like, I'm staring at it, man. How yeah. much closer? I would get yelled at. I've gotten yelled at by like a couple people. Like they would say it three or four times, look at the camera. And uh, as like a 10 year old, I don't really know how to respond to that. It's like, I'm not I am. Change. Yeah, I'm not going to change how I'm looking. I'm going to. We decided to change things up a bit in episode seven and visited the Marbles Children's Museum in Raleigh, North Carolina during one of their inclusive play activities. Here's a little from Hardin Englehart about what the museum has to offer to families with children with disabilities. Sure. Marbles is a children's museum in downtown Raleigh. Our mission is to spark imagination, discovery, and learning through play. 
Um, our, our museum is very hands-on, play-based. Our core audience is two to 10-year-olds, but we serve kids younger and older and their families. Our son Christopher interviewed during episodes four and five, but we talked so long that we needed a little more time, so we decided to wait and post the rest of his story during episode eight. During this part of the interview, he shared how he's learning to balance life with narcolepsy while attending college and playing NCAA Division II baseball. In this clip, he's giving advice to kids about following their dreams, even if they have challenges to face. So, if you got a dream, make it happen. So, that's a lot of what I've said today in this entire podcast. But if you got a dream, make it happen. So, because that little kid wanted to make it happen. During episode nine, Tracy Wilkerson joined us to talk about parenting two children with visual impairments and how that experience has led her to become an orientation and mobility specialist. Tracy shares her approach to teaching her children in this clip from her interview. The one thing we really adopted once they were in elementary school was like life experiences was more important than reading about it. Like actually getting their hands, like how are they gonna know what, I don't know, you know, a tractor feels like or looks like unless they get their hands on it. Right. So, and the preschool, because it was a preschool for the blind, they understood that. So it was all about, you know, you don't represent a ball on a piece of paper as a circle. You know, you have to actually give them a ball so they can feel it and manipulate it and go, okay, this is a ball, Right. you know? And even like a dog, you know, you can have a stuffed dog that still doesn't, it's close, but it's not the real thing. So, right. you know, it's all about, life experiences and getting their hands on things. I think that's the most important. Episode 10 introduced us to the IEP mom, Nicole Schlechter. Nicole has some fantastic advice on understanding your child's IEP and the role that parents play in the process of creating the IEP. So here's a short clip from her interview for you to get an idea of what you can expect if you haven't heard hers yet. Well, that's, you know, that's my hope is that I love when I get to talk to parents and connect with parents who have really young kids because I tell them you're not supposed to know it all. You're supposed to trust that the school's going to do everything that they're supposed to do for your child, right. but it doesn't happen. And so here's all the things that you need to know now rather than later. Cause I didn't right. know them. Like I had, I known them in preschool, life would be so different, but I didn't know. And so I, I love talking to parents who are, have really young kids and are trying to do better than I did because I was very complacent and I just trusted everybody and everybody was so nice to me because it wasn't like there was a whole lot of fighting right like until that that thing happened in second and third grade there was no fighting I got along with everybody like I knew their kids mm -hmm. names I knew what they were doing on the weekends I was complacent and I wished I hadn't been I wished that I I knew what I knew know now because things would be so different in episode 11, we met Justin Husek. Justin's an autistic adult who is helping others who are on the spectrum. He's helped us behind the scenes on a few episodes, and he's my go-to resource now for all things autism when I'm not sure what I'm talking about or have a question. Justin has been able to help us understand autism better, and he started off by giving us this definition of what it is. Can you give us kind of a general explanation of what autism is. I think the, the constant thing uh, that we see with, with those, or especially like even with me on the spectrum is, is how we communicate uh, the, or the lack of it. And basically our need for, uh, they say repetitive behaviors, but if you break that into a, a whole life, it becomes 
routine and structure. So to me, autism, that's the main differences and that's the main headers you see when you see autism is how we communicate, our lack of it, um, and then are we able to like, keep friends? Or how do we inter interact with the rest of society? And it, it, it does come down to communication and then our just our necessity and need for either structure, routine, or these repetitive behaviors that make us feel comfortable. Jennifer joined us in episode 12 to talk about the arc of the triangle and share her story. This clip will give you an idea of the types of advice she passed on to us during her interview. If a pediatrician's not on top of it, then it becomes up to the parents. And whenever you get the diagnosis, you start, okay, so you start there. Right. You just start there. You don't say, oh, we should have known this eight years ago. Well, that water under the bridge thing does not work with special needs parenting. You got to let it go. Right. <laughs> in the moment, right now, this is what we're going to do. Right. We don't plan too far in the future either. Live in the moment. Get it done. That's why the arc's here. Right. Because we're going to help you get it done. Episode 13 was a discussion with Justin Husek again about the role of stemming for autistic children and adults. We surveyed a group of autistic adults and compiled their responses for this episode, and Justin helped us to digest what we were reading and hearing. Episode 14 was posted during Autism Acceptance Month and was focused on the history of autism. If you want to hear how recent the diagnosis is and how it has changed in the last 50 years, be sure to check out that episode. And then Emily returned in episode 15 to give us an update on the goalball program she helped get started at her college. And she told us about it originally in episode 2B, but gave us an update after the first semester of running the program in episode 15. Dr. Kristen Wegner joined us for episode 16. She spoke openly about the good and the bad of ABA therapy and why it's so controversial. Here's a short clip from the first part of the conversation. Watching a therapist work with your child uh, you should be able to to see when that therapist is is working. First of all, if they say that you can't watch them, then that would be one that you should run away from. Yes, I <laughs> think so. <laughs> that yeah, anybody that prescribes, your child must do thirty hours a week, or they must do forty hours a week, and they, you know, or they're not going to achieve this. That is, you know, you run from that because yes, there are children who benefit from having somebody help them. 30, 40 hours a week. I mean, I have a, I have an adorable, sweet child who without intervention is dangerous. I mean, mm -hmm. she has no, no awareness of dangers whatsoever. And she would put anything in her mouth and it is exhausting. I mean, think about being a parent. She can't be in daycare because there's oh, right. no daycare that would, that would take her. And think of that parent who has to be there 24 seven and mm -hmm. ensure her safety. And they lax her in all the cabinets, but I mean, she'll eat the dirt out of a plant. She will, you know, climb up onto, you know, she just has no safety. If that parent can get somebody that's helping to that child to be safe, and embrace her uniqueness, that that child will benefit from that level. Right. There might be another child and family that needs one hour a week. You know, so there should never be you you must have this or this will happen. That would definitely be a kind of therapy to to run away from. Dr. Wagner continued with us for episode 17 to talk about her Brody the Lion books. We don't have a clip from that video, but if you check in the description, I've put the links to each of her books that are out now. And then we introduced you to the Miracle League Baseball program during episode 18, when we met with Benji Caps, the executive director of the Miracle League of the Triangle in Cary, North Carolina. 
Benji gave a nice summary of the benefits for families when they join the Miracle League team during this clip. Yeah. I mean, for a lot of our players and our families, the kids are doing something that they never thought they would have a chance to Absolutely. do. Absolutely. To be a part of a team, to be a part of something on a field, and be a part of having fans watch and cheer. And so that that goes a long way into that uniqueness of it and that that just sitting back and going, huh, you know. When you have, you have kids through th through the years, kids that have that have played on Emily's team, you have um, cartwheels happening over over home plate as they come in to, to 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 score. You have wheelchairs that are doing wheelies around home plate. It's it you know high, high fives from younger siblings sitting at the fence, um, waiting for their brother or sister to come by and give them a high five after they come across. It, it it's a lot of fun, and um, yeah. and anyone that we've ever taken from our church or friends just to watch a game. They've never left without just just being up and an, an up, uplifting feeling for them and wanting to come and volunteer. So yeah. um, so it, it's one if you're listening to this and you've never heard of the Miracle League, you need to go check it out. <laughs> we say a lot. If you're having a bad day, go to a Miracle League game because oh, absolutely the holy <laughs> will change. You know, we talk about volunteers and um, we get a lot of baseball teams like you talked about with your son that comes in. And, and we've had many coaches say, hey, we've been in a rut. We came to the Miracle League, and it really changed our perspective on how things go, that we realize we're very privileged to be able to play a game. So stop stressing about it and getting all uptight about it and just go play the game. Right. Because just like those kids did, go just like the Miracle League players did, go play the game with joy and enjoy it instead of stressing and worrying about it. But that perspective is you know, really brings that, that, that volunteer community into us to really get something out of it. Continuing with the theme of the Miracle League, Robin Rose joined us during episode 19 to talk about how he became a co-founder of the Miracle League of the Triangle. Hear how he first heard about the Miracle League and how he responded to it in this clip. Robin, how did you first hear about the Miracle League? Well, uh, back in 2005, I happened to be sitting on my couch, or maybe laying on my couch on a Sunday afternoon, like most husbands are, and uh, flipping through the channels and ran across a real sports uh, story on HBO. And, uh, and as it's opening up, it tells you three different stories they're going to cover. And they mentioned one about baseball, one about special needs children, and that really caught my attention. And um, and so I locked in on that. And... Um, the Lord picked me up off that couch and put me about five feet from that TV and had me mesmerized and pretty much said, hey, you, you go do this and, 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 and I'm going to help you every step. And he has helped every step. We wrapped up the Miracle League series in episode 20 when we talked with John Davison about becoming involved as a volunteer. He said it only took one exposure to change his life and shares part of his story in this clip. Actually, I buddied for one game one day to get exposure to the Miracle League, and after that one-hour game, I went back, sat in my car for about 45 minutes, and I completely broke down emotionally mm -hmm. because I was so moved by the experience, um, the kids, the unconditional love that these kids just showed to everybody around them how grateful they were for the volunteers that had come out. and. It's, I had grown, I grew up for a long time as a, a child and, and an adolescent in the 70s and the 80s with a, a very good friend of mine who was on the autism spectrum and dyslexic. Now, back then in the 70s, you got that diagnosis and you were just lumped in to a group and that yep. was that. You were just labeled. So I grew up not even knowing my best friend had a learning disability. And eventually when we did 
di- you know, it did get diagnosed and we did figure it out. I-, I was able to reflect back on that and realize that the connection between us was an, was an opportunity for both of us to sort of minister to each other, if you will, mm-hmm. as yeah. neurotypical and special needs together and, and look beyond those labels and just see a friendship. Yeah. And so going out to the Miracle League that first day, obviously flooded by a lot of emotions and a lot of those memories that came back again. Um, but it also drew a connection uh, for me that t- touched my heart and made me realize so much of that servant mentality that I had over the years that it had been with me since I was five years old. So you met Olivia Wilkerson in episode three and Tracy Wilkerson in episode nine. And in episode 21, we met Evan Wilkerson. Evan joined us to talk about his journey to try and be on the U.S. Paralympic swim team for the 2024 Paralympics. And he gives some advice to other visually impaired kids who want to swim during this clip. Uh, Listen to your coaches. Your coaches know what you need to be doing if um, it's something with the um, with your disability and it's you know more vision related, then you know try to find an answer. But uh, your coaches are going to know what you need. They know you know the strokes. They know um, the strategies you need to be using. And then a lot of the times they just have great ideas. And then also just uh, you know jump in, uh, play around with it. Make sure, you know, you're thinking about what you're doing. Uh, Think about your goals uh, and then keep that in your mind while you're swimming, as well as the advice you get from your coaches. Uh, And then don't be afraid of it. It's the worst thing I've had happen to swimming is running full speed into a wall. And you're over that in about 30 seconds. (laughs) So it's not something terrible. We met Praveen during episode 22 as we talked about the importance of making friends for autistic children and adults. Praveen had some insight on how he found it easier to make friends as he grew older. Here's part of that episode. Child. As I went through college, I found it actually easier to make friends because as I grew older, people were more accepting of you, especially in college, rather in school, there was a lot of clicks and bullying, but in college, overall, people are more accepting. Our final guest for the first half of the first season was Kristen Faith Evans. She's the creator of the Special Needs Moms blog. Kristen shared some of her daughter's story during this clip. A miracle. Um, and she just continues to surprise us. And we have always wanted to push her and challenge her to do as much as she can, but not push too hard. Mm. And we can see her growth. She, you know, started out itty bitty, two pounds, 11 ounces. Wow. Um, <laughs> through several surgeries, several critical, critical times in the NICU and um, couldn't eat or drink until she was three years old because she she aspirated um everything went in her lungs basically that she tried to drink so she's uh she was totally feeding tube dependent those years she still is feeding tube dependent Mm -hmm. um she just cannot drink and eat enough um definitely fluids to stay nutritionally where she needs to be so she's um she gets feeding tube throughout the day and then all night long she um we did lots and lots and lots of therapies. Um, I, we drove twice a week. I drove both of them actually twice a week. 
for just therapies and then two other days a week for specialist appointments. But she, she has a very busy life um, with, with doctor's appointments and um, was, we're still doing some therapies. It got to the point where we had to make a decision that doing all the therapies was actually not benefiting her because she was too tired and sick mm-hmm. um, and getting so many colds and, and from being at the therapy places um, because she gets sick very, very easily if she gets tired. She's right. 12 and still takes naps. Okay. Um, so she, uh, she learned to walk, runs. Um, she's a, a jokester. She, she, she's learning how to do practical, little practical jokes. Um, she, her greatest joy in life is making other people smile. She just loves other people. Kristen continued her interview with us during episode 24 to talk more about the importance of having structure in your child's life when they're home from school, on school breaks or or weekends. We celebrated the first six months of the podcast in episode 25 by compiling the responses from all of our guests for the speed round. If you don't know what the speed round is, check out episode 25 and hear how each of our guests, although they might have been featured on the podcast because of their differences, they still have a lot in common with each other through their answers to the speed round. If you'd like to come on the podcast as a guest, use the link in our Linktree slash Water Prairie page to contact us. This podcast is made possible by support from our listeners. We want to give a shout out to our superfan, Praveen S. If you want to help offset the cost of producing the Water Prairie Chronicles, become a supporter at buymeacoffee.com slash waterprairie. You've been listening to the Water Prairie Chronicles. Any resources mentioned during this episode will be posted in the description. If you're interested in joining us as a guest, contact us through the links in the description below. Be sure to subscribe and share it with your friends. We appreciate your support as we build this resource. Thanks for joining us, and we'll see you next week for a new episode.